Today, we are going to tackle the spiritual gift of prophecy. And I've entitled today's teaching, God Speaks. And I taught a whole series on the spiritual gifts years ago, a long time ago, back when we were actually meeting at Friendship Baptist on Sunday afternoons. And uh, I spent a whole week on the prophetic gifts, but I wanted to spend more time today, kind of just a primer, a little bit of review, because today we're also going to take signups for another new team that we're launching, a prophetic ministry team. And uh, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. You know, the prophetic gifts are very important for the life of the local church. And I believe that God wants to bless this church with words of encouragement and words of wisdom and words of knowledge and not from some traveling prophet type, right? We, I could call up somebody. The Vineyard has a lot of connections. We could get somebody with a confirmed prophetic gifting, and they could come in on a Sunday and just bless us with their prophetic anointing and their gift. That's not what our focus is, though. I believe God wants to use people in this room, in this local church body, to be activated in the prophetic so that we can bless each other with this spiritual gift. You know, sometimes when you talk about prophecy or read about prophecy, even in the New Testament, you know, there's this temptation to think, oh, that's not for me. The, the prophetic ministry team stuff, that's, that's not for me. That's for someone else. That's for someone that's more spiritual or, you know, one of those traveling prophet types, like I mentioned, or maybe it's somebody who reads all the books, etc. That's definitely for someone else. And I really want to just urge everyone to dispel that thought. When I read the New Testament passages on the prophetic gifts, when I read Scripture, right, this rule for our our life, for living in Christ, when I read Scripture, I see local church communities being blessed with prophetic words of encouragement and wisdom and knowledge for each other, from each other. And so that's what we're after today is, is we're going to launch this new prophetic ministry team. I'm not trying to gather the spiritual gurus in our church. I'm not trying to, active, I'm trying to activate people in this room. That's what we're after, to hear from God for others. I know God can do this, and I believe he wants to do this in our local community and, and this is not so that we can just feel special or powerful or anything like that. It's simply so that we can serve God by blessing others through this spiritual gift, which is 100% biblical. If we are a people of the Bible, if we believe the Bible is God's word, then the gift of prophecy is something that we need to explore. So that's why we're doing this today. I also believe at some point in the future that we may have a prophetic team that can be a blessing outside of these walls. I, I want to see people on this team getting words for strangers at Walmart. You're just doing shopping at Publix and the Lord just gives something to you for someone else, creating a prayer opportunity, uh, an invite opportunity. I'll share a story later. But anyway, I'm really grateful for Joanne Nance, we've been chatting a lot. She has a lot of experience in prophetic ministry, um, not just praying to receive words for others, but she also has a lot of experience training others um, to hear from the Lord. And I don't think it's a coincidence that God has plugged them into our church in this season. Just the timing is, is just such a God thing. 
So I'm really excited that we get to lean into Joanne's experience with this prophetic ministry team getting it going. And so I've asked Joanne to co-lead this prophetic ministry team with me. And uh, she's loaned me some great books that I've been scanning through. Um, so at some point, she and I, we're going to get our heads together. And, and we're going to, once we run this sign-up sheet for several weeks, we'll contact everybody. And we will set up a training session to get this thing going, which I'm really excited about. So if you're curious, if you feel even the tiniest little tug on your heart today, like, well, maybe, maybe God does have something for me with the prophetic gifts. Please, please, please sign up on this sheet when I pass it around, pass it around later. So let's get started today with a maybe not so simple question. What is prophecy, right? Because outside of the biblical context, there's it depends on who you ask. I mean, the word prophecy might bring to mind um, something like fortune tellers. You know, if you ask somebody that didn't grow up in the church or historical figures like Nostradamus, who was this guy that tried to make all these predictions about the end of the world. Um, maybe you think of oracles or seers or these, these types from like Greek mythology or even, you know, today's uh, fantasy literature. So this concept of prophecy has kind of become a little bit bloated. Uh, there's a lot of misunderstandings about prophecy. So we're going to stick specifically within the biblical context, which reveals to us the truth, the true nature of the prophetic. We're going to find so much more clarity if we just stick to the New Testament. So one of my favorite definitions of prophecy that I heard years ago is this. Prophecy is simply hearing from God for others. And I really like that definition, hearing from God for others. And this is more or less what the Old Testament prophets did. They heard from the Lord and they shared it with the people of God. And this also, in a way, describes the prophetic gifts for us today in the New Testament age. But that is a very important distinction that I wanna make today. The prophetic gifts for us today in this New Testament age, they function differently than they did for the Old Testament prophets. So in the Old Testament, we have these several divinely inspired writings from prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, just to name a few. Moses and Elijah also considered very prominent prophets who heard from the Lord. And these Old Testament prophets had a very special calling and anointing from God. It was a very unique, singular role that they had to be the spokesperson for God during that time for the people of God. They were literally the mouthpiece of God during their lifetime. So when the Old Testament prophets said something like, thus saith the Lord, it's because that's literally what God was saying through them. They were directly speaking for God. Now, today, in this New Testament age, the prophetic gifts are not like that. They're not just for one spokesperson, but the prophetic gifts can be activated in anyone who is a follower of Jesus that receives this spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit. Here, let me get into some scripture today. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, 
to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. So all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So this is just one of several lists of spiritual gifts that we find in Scripture. It's not comprehensive, but in just this list alone, Paul mentions message of wisdom, message of knowledge, prophecy. And that word prophecy, in verse 10, it comes from this Greek word, propheteia, which comes from the root word, prophetes. Uh, and that can mean several things depending on context. It can mean, as a verb, it can mean to predict, uh, or it can just simply mean a prophet, a speaker for God, someone who speaks on behalf of God. So yes, these prophetic gifts can be for any follower of Jesus that receives this gift from the Holy Spirit. And this spiritual gift is not the same level of calling and anointing that we saw in the Old Testament prophets. Scripture teaches us that the prophetic gifts in this New Testament age require discernment and confirmation. So this is a very important passage for us from Paul. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And Paul is talking about when Jesus comes back and makes everything right, that is when what is in part will be made whole. We prophesy in part, which means Someone, even someone with a confirmed prophetic gift, someone like Joanne, even Joanne does not see the complete picture sometimes, right? There is an element of divine mystery here. We approach these gifts with great humility, and this is true about any spiritual gift. Like, there are some things we just don't fully understand. In this age, before Jesus returns, it's always going to be like that. There are times where we may be mistaken, you know, we may mistake the voice of God for our own imagination. That's possible. Or even just wishful thinking. Uh, we don't have full clarity in this lifetime, as Scripture tells us. So we should always remain humble when it comes to our ability to hear from the Lord. So we're going to approach this prophetic ministry team with a lot of humility. I'm not trying to scare people or anything, but we're going to just have some precautions when it comes to practicing this spiritual gift. Sometimes we hear from the Lord, and it's genuine, and it's confirmed, and it's wonderful, and it's a blessing, and then sometimes we are mistaken. And so we just say, you know, I must have had some bad pizza last night. I don't think that was from the Lord. Everybody, everybody's got their phrase, you know, whatever it is. Too many spicy Cheetos before bed. Had a, had a weird dream. I don't think it was spiritual. But that's one of the reasons why we never say, thus saith the Lord. We don't say that in the vineyard. We say instead, you know, I think the Lord might be saying this, but let's pray about that. Can you pray with me and we'll seek confirmation if that's from the Lord? I feel like the Lord might be doing this or saying this to you, or I've received this image, I think it's for you. Let's pray into that. So that's kind of the difference between Old Testament and New Testament prophecy. We know in part, we prophesy in part. So it's important for us to hold that intention. We want to be bold, we want to step forward in faith, but we also need to be humble. You know, I learned this rule of thumb from another church's prophetic ministry, and I'd like for us to use it here as well, and we'll go into more details, you know, when we have our prophetic ministry 
training. But uh, there were just some topics that this church said, hey, we're just not going to go there. Uh, If you feel like you receive a word from the Lord for something concerning marriage, death, or babies, they said, please just keep that to yourself or go to the pastor and share with the leadership. You know, because these are very sensitive areas in our lives. And, and some other might even add like, yeah, don't get specific with dates or things like that. You know, uh, because a lot of pain can be caused if someone thinks they've received a word from the Lord about one of these things. And it's, it turns out they misheard. They were mistaken. The Lord did not speak to them. It might have just been wishful thinking. Maybe they just genuinely wanted this to be true in their heart. You know, it's, we, we know in part, we prophesy in part, Right? And I'm not trying to say the Lord never speaks to us about these things. In fact, the Lord might want to speak to our church about something pretty intense, like marriage, death, babies, or, you know, whatever. But we just want to make sure we have a healthy process for that. There are just some things that they are so sensitive that you just got to run it up the flagpole immediately. Come talk to me. Come talk to Joanne. And then we'll get some people we trust to pray into this and make sure it's from the Lord and seek this confirmation and then let the church leadership decide, okay, how are we going to move forward with this? So, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We, we will talk about a lot of this stuff in our, our training when we get everybody together. Let's talk a little bit more about accountability and seeking confirmation. So, Paul writes a lot in his first letter to the Corinthians about the spiritual gifts, and, and especially in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. That is so important. We'll come back to that. If anyone speaks a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker must should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. So this whole chapter, Paul goes back and forth dealing with tongues and prophecy and trying to establish a sense of order amongst the chaos that was happening in the Corinthian church. So they were, they were um, not practicing these gifts in a way that brought peace and unity uh, in fact, they were sowing a lot of chaos in the way that they were practicing their spiritual gifts. So uh, Paul says in verse 26, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. That is what the spiritual gifts are all about. That is our ultimate purpose for these gifts from the Holy Spirit, is to encourage each other, to edify, to build up the church. And then verse 29, he he specifically mentions that only two or three prophets should speak at a given gathering, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And this really gets to the seeking confirmation. Um, Paul is telling the church, weigh carefully what is said. And this is crucial. This is seeking confirmation. Everything must be weighed and measured against Scripture. So if someone claims to have received a word from God that clearly contradicts Scripture, it's not from the Lord. (laughs) I can tell you that. They are not hearing from God. You know, they are either lying, deceived, mistaken. Everything must be weighed against Scripture. So if someone barges in here and says, you know, the Lord told me you have to go kill this person. Uh, No, he did not. 
Or the Lord told me you need to go cheat on your wife. No, he did not. The Lord told me you need to steal, lie, etc. It's not from the Lord. If it contradicts clear teaching from Scripture, it's not from the Lord. So let's talk about peace and order during our worship gatherings. How are we going to do this prophecy thing on Sunday mornings? Because, you know, every church kind of handles this differently. Some churches don't even go there at all. Uh, so during our prayer time together, which we just finished, you know, does anyone have any prayer requests or praises? And then I hand the mic to people. And it's, some churches don't even do that kind of stuff because it can get dangerous. But there's a sense of trust. We kind of have a family environment here, which I think is very special. And uh, we are also going to open up that time for anyone who has been through our prophetic ministry team training. I want to make sure there's some sense of accountability here, but I also don't want to set such a high bar that, that everybody's like, no thanks, too much, too much Mo. I thought about like, hey, you guys need to read this 300-page book, and, I, and later uh, Joanne kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit, and I'm like, no, you're right, I think that's too much. I love this book from, uh, from Graham. He, he's such a great teacher, but it feels like, I'm reading this thing, I'm like, wow, this is like college course level. This is some heavy stuff here. Anyway, so we're going to have some, some uh, accountability. Um, but eventually, if you've been through this prophetic ministry team training, I'm just going to open it up on Sundays once we get this done. Does anyone from our prophetic ministry team feel like they're hearing from the Lord today? And that's it. And, and if, you know, if we got nothing, that's fine. Maybe next week. We don't have to try and force anything. But what we're doing is we're making space for the Holy Spirit to speak and to move. And so, you know, everyone that signs up on this team and goes through the training, I want you to be praying during worship. Like, God, are you saying anything to your, your kids today? Are you saying anything to your church? And a lot of times what happens is someone will receive a word for a specific person, and what you can do is you just go talk to that person after the service. But sometimes God will give a word to someone for the entire church body to encourage them and um, so I'm really excited about this, that we're just, we're not trying to get pushy or, or hype this thing up. We're just trying to make space for the Holy Spirit to speak to us in a way that the Bible clearly tells us the Holy Spirit wants to do. So let's talk about titles for a minute. Uh, in this passage from Paul, he describes someone who is prophetically gifted as a prophet. He says two or three prophets should speak. And I just want to clarify, this is, he's not talking about prophets in the same sense of the Old Testament prophets, like Isaiah, etc. But there is some evidence in Scripture, and this is something that kind of dawned on me recently. There is some evidence in Scripture that people in the early church with recognized prophetic gifts, they were called prophets, even in this early church era. And it sort of kind of fell out of use in some movements. But, you know, we, we read in the book of Acts, Agabus from Jerusalem, he was called a prophet, he was known as a prophet. He had a confirmed prophetic regular gifting. And then in Acts 13, we read there were prophets and teachers that were present when Paul and Barnabas were set apart for their missions work. But with that being said, every denomination and movement has different preferences when it comes to titles. And, and here in the vineyard, we're just not really that big on titles. Like, you can call me Pastor Mo if you want. You can just call me Mo. That is completely fine with me. I'll also answer to like, hey, you. That's fine. You know, we, we just, we don't really use the title prophet in the vineyard, really. 
um, at least not in the local church context. And there are even people I know with very powerful prophetic giftings, and they actually do travel, and they have a traveling ministry where they try to encourage and equip and train people and share this gift that the Holy Spirit has given them. And even they don't like to use this title prophet. They're like, nope, I'm just Jim. I'm just call me Jim. I'm just your brother. So we're not really big on titles. Um, so we're not going to hand out a badge to everybody that finishes training and say, you are now a prophet. You've ascended to the rank of prophet. So, <laughs> uh, because what we're trying to do is we're just trying to encourage and equip and activate just regular Joes here in the church. You, me, all us regular Joes, we're just trying to be activated in these spiritual gifts and titles, I think, just become redundant and unnecessary. And, and practicing the gifts in our local church context, that's really all I'm concerned with. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Isn't that fascinating? Among all the spiritual gifts that we learn about in, this, in Scripture, prophecy is emphasized. Maybe we need to pay attention to that. The Word of God is speaking to us today eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And if you read all of 1 Corinthians 14 in context, I encourage you to do that. It, this will make a lot more sense because Paul is going back and forth between tongues and prophecy. And the Corinthian church had just become overly fixated on the gift of tongues, which is a beautiful gift, right? That's a gift from the Holy Spirit. But Paul says that unless tongues is interpreted, it's just a gift for the individual. It doesn't bless the whole church. And in verse 4, Paul explains, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church, the whole church. I would like for every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. Interesting. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So Paul is just extremely practical here when it comes to, to these spiritual gifts. He's like, are you building up the church? Are you blessing the church? That's what we should be after here. That's what the gifts are for. It's not so we can feel cool or special or super spiritual. It's literally so we can just serve each other and bless the church in this way that the Holy Spirit wants us to. Paul further explains later in this chapter, if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? He is just so blunt there. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God exclaiming, God is really among you. Paul is being very clear here. The prophetic gifts change lives. The prophetic gifts not only bless the church, but they can bless others outside the church. I mean, what a wake-up call for someone who is doubting or doesn't believe in God, for someone to walk up to them and tell them something that only God could have known. The secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they fall down and they worship God. That is so cool. 
I would love to see that in our local church. I would love for one of you to be at a Walmart and for God to give you some little nugget about a person and for you to tell them that and to just rock their world and completely turn their life upside down. Wouldn't that be amazing? Okay, story time. So John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, just incredibly uh, gifted leader. The Holy Spirit was working so powerfully through him during this, this uh, revival in the early 80s. And he was on an airplane. He would do a lot of traveling and resourcing for churches and stuff. And he was just chatting with this man next to him. And then out of nowhere, God just revealed something to John Wimber about this man. And so John said, hey, I think God just revealed something about you. Can can I share it? And the man says, okay. Uh, And John says, you're cheating on your wife. But God is giving you an opportunity to repent and make things right. And this, and this was a God moment, right? This man, who John had just met, was shocked. How could this man possibly know my deepest, darkest secret? And it gave John the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus with this man and also explain how prophecy works. And this man believed. His heart was changed. The secrets of his life were laid bare before God. And so this man went home, he confessed everything to his wife, he led her to Jesus as well. Two lives were changed because of this one moment where John Wimber said, okay, Lord, I'll be obedient, even though it sounds crazy, right? If you were sitting on an airplane and you just felt this thing from the Holy Spirit, say, I want you to tell this person they're cheating on their wife. I mean, I'd be like, hold hold on a minute there, Lord. Uh, I need to make a phone call. I need to phone a friend. John Wimber was bold, he was obedient. And of course, this is a very extreme example <laughs> because this is the kind of thing we would not share publicly on a Sunday, right? And we'll go over that in the, the tr- team training. You know, this is one of those things where if God reveals something like that to you, please come talk to me so we can kind of have some trusted leaders pray into that, especially if it's something within our local church body. This is a very special case where John's out there talking to a stranger and the Holy Spirit wanted to do something really powerful, really cool. So a few more stories. Um, I don't have a particularly strong gift in the prophetic, um, but I have received in the last several years some words for people before. So years ago, I was at a small group meeting in Augusta, Georgia, and uh, we were just spending some time in worship. It was a really great small group. It's one of the best small groups I've ever been a part of. And, and suddenly it seemed, you know, that God was highlighting a couple on the couch over there, some friends of ours, just highlighting them to me. And then this phrase, called to leadership, was just impressed on my mind. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's weird. So I talked to them before they left that night. I said, hey, guys, I feel like I might have received a word from the Lord for you. Can I share it with you? Sure. I think God is calling you both to leadership. Don't know what that means, but there you go. And then less than a year later, there's a lot of change that happened in our lives and at that church, but this couple became the leaders of that small group. And they got much more involved at the Vineyard Church there in Augusta. So, I mean, that's just, it's just a very simple example of how this gift can operate. I'm going to share a couple more stories, but let me get this sign-up sheet going around. And again, this is for ministry team training. So if you sign up and you come to the training, at the end of it, you're just like, nope, sorry, Mo, that's, that's not for me. Um, that's fine. I will understand. But if you have even the slightest desire or curiosity 
about this gift, these prophetic gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit, please, please sign up. Please come to our training because I believe God is trying to do something in this local church body. So let me get this going. I think they call them latent gifts. Is that what they're called? Where, where somebody might have a sense like, okay, this is not something I've seen in my life right now, but I think maybe there could be in the future. Maybe God is doing something in my life, wants to develop prophetic gifting in my life. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, and we're going to keep this very down to earth, right? This is not going to be some weird thing. It, you know, that's not our style in the vineyard. Like, we use this phrase, we call it naturally supernatural. Practicing the gifts of the Spirit should feel natural to us. It doesn't have to be this weird, hyped thing. You know, people often think of televangelists that are shouting and doing karate kicks and Kamehameha blasts, you know, healing people or whatever. We're not going to be weird. We're going to keep it down to earth, naturally supernatural. And again, if, if God is prompting you at all today, please sign up. Please come to this prophetic ministry training. I'm really looking forward to it. And we're going to pass this sign up around at least a couple more Sundays before we pick a date for this training. All right. Just adults, yes. Oh, good question. Yeah, teenagers, sure. Absolutely. Yep. If we need to figure out some kind of child care too, we can help you out. We'll, we'll figure something out. Okay, a few more stories. Um, I have had some dreams. So my mom has this very strong prophetic gifting. And uh, she has a lot of dreams. And some of these dreams she's had have been an incredible blessing to me in my life. Where I've been going through a hard time and my mom will call me up and be like, Hey buddy, I had a dream. And then she'll, I'll just be wrecked. I'll just be in tears because God is speaking to me through my mom's dream. That's happened several times. Really incredible. But one night I was in college and before bed, I, was just, I just threw up this really simple offhanded prayer like, God, it'd be really cool if I had prophetic dreams like my mom. And that was it. And I went to sleep. And that night, God gave me a prophetic dream about the next two years of Biz and I's life together. And I was just like, okay, cool. Well, that was easy. All, all I had to do was just ask, right? And of course, I didn't understand a lick of what that dream meant. And we wrote it all down. And, you know, uh, over the course of those next two years, as things were happening in our lives, we're like, oh, that was, that's what that meant in the dream. That's, God knew this would happen. I think it was God's way of just saying, hey, buddy, I'm in control. I knew this was going to happen to you. So that's all it takes, really, is just a desire, a simple prayer. God, bless me with spiritual gifts. Help me to be a blessing to others through the prophetic gifts. God, give me cool spiritual dreams like my mom. You know, whatever. That's all it takes. The Spirit gives gifts as he wills, and we serve a good Father who loves to bless his kids. Plus, God's Word says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. So just simply out of obedience to what the scripture of the Lord says, we should be praying for God to bless us with spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. You know, uh, sometimes God speaks to biz using random dates. This is really strange, like January, like a month. And she just gets a sense like, oh, uh, something important is going to happen in January. 
You know, this has happened several times. You can ask Biz to tell you more stories, but it started when we were dating because I was like, let's get married. You know, I want to propose, but Biz wasn't ready yet. I was moving really fast. We were at senior year of college. And then God just spoke to her one day, August. And then she knew we we're going to get married in August. And I was like, I didn't even get to propose yet. <laughs> But guess what? We got married on August 14th, 2011. So that was really cool. It's just a way, just a really unique way that God's just like, yeah, I'll speak to you about this. Uh, I received some powerful prophetic words from total strangers at the uh, Vineyard National Conference in uh, Asheville, North Carolina in July. So I had just resigned from the Catholic high school um, ending five years of being bivocational. And I got to say, church, this has been an absolute blessing. It has been needed, honestly. Uh, I am so grateful that the church was able to bring me on full-time last July. Uh, and so coming off of five years of some pretty intense bivocational ministry, I had experienced some pretty significant levels of burnout. And I've been realizing lately, you know, it's almost like when you finish a long-distance run. Any long-distance runners here? I know Charles runs. His girlfriend can run like 50 miles. Crazy. Her legs are made out of robotics, I think. 900. That's incredible. She's run 900 miles this year. I maybe have run nine. But anyway, when you finish a long distance run, whether it's half marathon, full marathon, whatever, as soon as you stop, it's like your body just shuts down. You know, as soon as you finally get to rest, it can be hard to get going again. It takes time to recover. And that's really how I've felt in the last several months since you know July. And I've said this to Biz several times. Like, I feel like I've lost my edge. Like mentally, I'm just not what I used to be. I have been so forgetful lately. Like I just don't feel sharp like I used to be. So, you know, please, church, forgive me if, if I have forgotten anything important in your life or in, in ministry. I sincerely apologize. I just haven't felt like myself in years. And it's definitely not for lack of trying. And, and you know, I'm only 34, so I'm like, is this an age thing? Like, what's going on? What, what happened to my short-term memory? It's just gone. But anyway, I'm at this, this conference, and this random worship leader I've never met comes up to me, and he's like, Mo, I see a picture of a hammer. It's stuck in the mud. And you keep trying to pull it out of the mud, but you can't. And that was it. And it was so spot on. I'm like, that is exactly how I'm feeling. What's your name? <laughs> uh, you know, just struggling to get going again. And then some other guy came up to me in the same moment. He said, Mo, I just see you've got a lot of projects that you want to finish, but you haven't been able to make progress. And again, that was it spot on. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel right now. Uh, there's no solution provided. <laughs> there, there's no conclusion there. And that's just kind of how it works sometimes. And that was frustrating. But, you know, they prayed for me and I felt so understood. And I felt that God knew where I was at. God was with me. But then just a few weeks ago at the pastor's retreat in Texas, and again, it was an absolute miracle I was even able to go. My aunt lives in Conroe, so she put me up for the week they spotted my registration. I didn't have to pay. We, I just had to get myself there. I got another prophetic word from someone I barely know. His name's Scott, Pastor Scott. He's a church planter 
in the Houston area. And he said, Mo, I see a bonfire that's gone out. It's barely smoldering, but God is ready to reignite that fire. He said, Mo, I see a lion in you that's ready to fight. Okay, I didn't plan on getting emotional here. It's not in my notes. <laughs> yes, get emotional in, in brackets. He said, Mo, God is doing something in your heart. You know, of course, I was just a mess of tears at that point. And this is the power of the prophetic gifts when practiced in the local body of Christ. It was so clear that God was speaking to me through these people, through Ben, the worship leader, through the guy who I, I don't even remember his name, and then Scott. You know, these three guys received words from me and blessed me. And I do feel like I'm getting my spark back. I do feel like God is, is starting to blow that his spirit on, on my, my bonfire, reigniting that flame. I feel like it's time to pick up that hammer and start swinging again with the same energy that I had years ago. So, you know, pray for me. Pray that God would restore me to this same kind of high energy version of myself that I used to be. Anyway, those are just some examples of how the prophetic gifts can be a blessing in people's lives. So let me close us today with this verse. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Let's stand and, and pray together. Lord, I just thank you so much for speaking to me through Ben and Scott and so many others. God, you've spoken to me in my life through these prophetic gifts, and I just say thank you. It is so encouraging. It is so uplifting. It is such a helpful reminder that, God, you have not left me. You are with me. You see me. You know what's going on. You know what's going on in all of our lives, Lord. So, God, I just ask today that that you would affirm this desire to see the prophetic activated in our local church here at Bay Area Vineyard. God, I pray that you would just start to, I just want to almost like little sprouts popping up, bless us with spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, right here in this room. Give us courage, give us boldness, give us curiosity, a willingness to learn, a willingness to make some mistakes, God, I know that years from now we'll have this figured out and we'll have veterans in this ministry. We're just getting started, Lord, but I just pray for your blessing over this. I know you're doing something here in this local body. Thank you, Lord. Today's benediction is from Hebrews 13. If you'd like, I just invite you to hold your hands out today to receive a blessing from the Lord. May the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, guys. Love you. Have a great Sunday, and we'll see you next week. Begin a new series on the Screwtape Letters.